What's up, Hulkamanians? And thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of Big Boys and Body Slams. We've got a lot to cover today. Uh, tonight's show was a doozy. Um, Trash. Not good. But before we get into that, I think we have a little bit of house, uh, housekeeping to do. Thank you so much to everybody who listened to episode one. Um, seriously, the reception we've been getting has been out of this world. I'm so excited just about everything surrounding it. Um, and then I think Kyle wanted to mention a few special people who actually paid money to put things on their body. Dude, we have freaking us. t-shirts. So we have t-shirts and we ha- we sold three in our first week, which is four more than I thought we'd sell. And uh, we got to give a shout out to the people who bought shirts. First of all, my aunt Sharon, she bought the first one, which was pretty clutch of her. Aunt Love Sharon, you. you're the best aunt right now. See if any of the other aunts listening can top that. <laughs> Second of all, we had the biggest fan of big boys and body slams. He has like shared everything on Facebook. Tanner Jones, that's for you, Hulkamaniac. You're a true Hulkamaniac, my and brother. Number three, Colin Vassarino. Uh, he, he bought a shirt. But we got to give a plug to him. If you're ever in Washington State and you want to go fishing, go down to Westport, Washington. He, him and his father have a boat called the Gold Rush, and you won't be treated any better than any other boat. So go to the Gold Rush, have Colin and Kevin hook you up, go fishing with them. Catch fish, eat fish. Let's do this. Nice plug. Oh, yeah. Got to get the plugs in, you know? Yes, sir. Got to get the family businesses in. We're appreciative. Oh, and also, I guess we should say, uh, I'm Zach. Over here to my right, it'll be your left if you're watching the video stream. That's Kyle. I'm Kyle. I'm the Limp Biscuit guy. And over here to my left, your right, if you're watching the video stream, that's Luke. I'm Luke, the Bad Impressions guy. Oh, you didn't know. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was better than last week. Um, Yeah, again, just to reiterate, we are Big Boys and Body Slams. We're coming to you on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on the Google Play Store. Spotify hasn't gotten back to me, but we may be on them soon. And come on, Spotify. We are now on YouTube as well. So catch us on any of those platforms that works for you. Um, And in a week, we're almost at 200 likes on Facebook, which, again, is a lot more than I was expecting right away. Dude, we've literally done one episode where we just sat around and talked about wrestling, and we've got two T-shirts for sale, 200 likes on Facebook. Like, we're so this, this we're is just, awesome. Yeah, we're, we're very so thankful. Grateful. We're yeah. so grateful. We're appreciative of everyone. Um, so speaking of uh, appreciative and grateful, uh, well, kind of a pretty good WWE wrestling weekend we had. Before we get into tonight's show, because trust me, we'll get to the bad, but the good. Uh, I thought we had a good weekend of wrestling. What did you guys think? I haven't seen NXT yet, but uh, I liked SummerSlam. I was I was pretty positive on it. So, I mean, what I've seen has been great so far. Yeah, no, no, dude. Uh, so I got a chance to see half of NXT TakeOver uh, right before the women's match is when I had to cut it off. And then SummerSlam. You know, my first reaction, I don't know what it was. I mean, it's probably just a four-hour pay-per-view. Um, my first reaction wasn't as good. But then I went back and watched it and just how they booked everything. And they really did a fantastic job. So, I mean, yes, I was pleased with it at first, but something was missing. I went back and kind of reviewed everything, and no, no, they it was very, very solid. I agree. Um, I think SummerSlam really brought it. I think it was one of the better SummerSlams I can remember in oh, yeah. years. Oh, at least yeah. in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, really just smart booking, booking that made sense. Um, except for the Kevin Owens match. Except for the Kevin Owens match. Yeah, that's the only thing squashed. I'm really salty about. You, you, I mean, you could have you could have had Braun win for in sure. like five minutes. And so we yeah. get Kev, it. Kev some, like Kevin could have gotten something. Yeah, he's a steamroller. We get that Braun freaking just crushes. Except at the end when just, just got to give respect. Well, yeah, but what did they have to do? They had to freaking bring in everything and the kitchen sink just to get Roman not booed out of the building. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and, but no, and then takeover uh, similar to Luke. I watched the whole show. I mean that. 
the way that NXT delivers these shows, even yeah. if you're not necessarily excited or, or super hyped for them, the way that they consistently deliver these takeover shows is just nothing short of incredible. And again, just another another wonderful show. Guys, wrestling is art when done well, and NXT is art. No, if you're a pro wrestling purist, and, and I'll admit I haven't watched enough of NXT, especially the last couple of years, as I should. If you're a pro wrestling purist, like this was literally made for you. Hunter, thank you so freaking much, because this is the best, I'm sorry, main roster, NXT is the best wrestling period right now. I totally agree. I well, totally agree. Well, to, our, today, our show today is the complete opposite of the best wrestling ever. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, if yeah, you like good yeah. wrestling shows, uh, this this was not. But if you like raw sewage, then uh, hop on WWE Network. The, yeah, and go and check out uh, New Blood Rising, So which is our show today. So the preface this about New Blood Rising, so this pay-per-view is named after a faction that... This is WCW, by the way. Yeah, a WCW faction that is no longer a faction. So this pay-per-view is named after a team... That's not a team. Yeah, they disbanded a month. <laughs> they disbanded a month before this pay-per-view actually happened. So August 2000 is WCW New Blood Rising. July is when <laughs> the New Blood broke up. To be fair, I mean, it takes a lot to rebrand these shows. I mean, it would have just been too much work. You would have had to have made a new logo. You would have had to have pulled new commercials on the television. So, to be fair. Or to be fair, don't book yourself into a freaking corner. Or... Sorry. Don't break don't break up the faction a month before the pay-per-view that's named after him. Just going for the throat immediately. This isn't the WCW you're used to. There's no Hulk Hogan. There's no Diamond Dallas Page. There's no Scott Hall. No Ric Flair. There's no Ric Flair. There's Savage. No Savage. There's Limited Sting. There's Man Booby Bret Hart, which we'll get into later. It is just... Man Booby Tank Abbott. Oh, Tank Abbott. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't get me started on Tank Abbott. In oh, this we'll show. get you started, pal. You, you know, MMA fighters have been presented in wrestling in a good way multiple times. I thought, you know, Ken Shamrock has been used right. Even Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Ronda. Ronda, Ronda, Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Even Tito Ortiz had some early yep. success in TNA. Mm -hmm. This Dan is, Severn to an extent. Yeah, but Tank Abbott. Tank this isn't Abbott one of those examples. Tank Abbott wasn't even good. He lost to Kimbo freaking Slice. Anyways, uh, New Blood Rising. Yeah, let's get to this beginning. Let's, let's get into it. So this is coming to us from uh, Vancouver, Canada, uh, with a crowd of uh, a booming crowd of 6,614. That sounds really low, but I don't know what WCW at the time was averaging, so that might just be towing the company line as far as attendance or goes. Or what the capacity of the yeah. arena was. But. Yeah, exactly. And we had 123,000 buys on pay-per-view, which is not a good number for uh, a major wrestling company pay-per-view. It's not hard to see why. WCW was in a state of just absolute disarray i think is the best way to put it at this point um vince russo was running the company into the ground the top stars didn't care anymore they were just in it for a paycheck the young guys were wanting out because they weren't being booked correctly it, it was a dumpster fire and this show i i think kind of is the culmination of that story oh yeah well no and and eric bischoff at this point is gone like he was i believe in 1999 was the last time he had anything to do with the booking he did come back in 2000 as some sort of on-air talent a little bit of broadcasting uh but in july with the new blood he dipped so this is all russo corrupt with power and i do want to say this is a this is kind of my title for the show sorry edging christian instead of the show that totally reeks of awesomeness new blood rising is the show that totally reeks of russo it's not That's good. That's really good, by the way. I Thanks, like man. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's get into it, I guess. Um, we open 
with a really, 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 really bad video package. Really? And you'd have to watch it to know why, but it's essentially just a highlight reel. There's no, there's no story. There's no epic narration. It's just highlights with bad early 2000s digital filters put over them. Yeah, it's just all negatives, all just distorted video. It makes no damn sense, man. Last week, we covered WrestleMania 19, who had one of the best video packages I've ever seen. Yeah. This one, complete opposite. Terrible, terrible work, WCW. But we knew this was going to be the complete opposite going into it. Yeah. It, it, in it, all aspects. Yeah. <laughs> if you worked on that video package for WCW, and for some reason you're listening to this, I hope you know how we feel. Yeah, you did a bad job. Um, Terrible job. So F. we open right away. Uh, we get a, an, an interesting match that kind of set the tone for the entire show from a <laughs> booking and gimmick standpoint. And that was a tag team match, a six-person tag team match between Three Count, who was escorted to the ring by Tank Abbott. Um, I don't know if there was any sort of story correlation. I'm sure there were. Tank Abbott, by the way, came out with this shirt, a Three Count shirt, but he had a nipple holes cut in his shirt, and his nipples <laughs> were hanging out the entire time. And this wasn't even the worst part of the show. Not even cl- This was one of the best parts of the show. And you probably should, I mean, just for these tag teams, since a lot of listeners probably don't know the, the wrestlers on it, three count, Shannon Moore, Shane Helms, and uh, Evan Dangerous, right? Evan Courageous. A- Evan Courageous. Sorry. Sorry, Evan. My bad. And then uh, the Young Dragons, who they're facing, <laughs> is uh, Jimmy Wang Yang. Or uh, I can't remember what he was called then, but I, I love Jimmy Wang Yang, by the way. And Jimmy Jamie Noble in a mask, a terrible Jamie mask. Son. Jamie Son. Jamie <laughs> Son. That's right. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to be calling him Jamie Noble throughout this match. And I will correct him. <laughs> Jamie Son and uh, whoever the third person was, it's whatever. It was uh, Kaz Hibushi, I believe. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The, uh, I recognize Helms more and, and, and Jamie Son. You don't remember Jimmy and Yang? Jimmy, Jimmy Wang Yang, yeah. And Shannon this, Moore, man. He said that. I mentioned oh, okay. I mentioned Sorry. Moore. My bad. Um, so three count comes out to the ring. Uh, they deliver just a rousing, standing ovation-driven musical performance that that would bring a tear to Mozart's eye if he could hear it today. I mean, it was beautiful. Uh, and by beautiful, I mean you got to hear Tank Abbott sing with nipple holes cut in his shirt. So what else could you possibly? Yeah, do? and dance around. And dance around, which is when I think Tank Abbott, I think him dancing and singing with exposed nipples. Anyways. Um, and then the the uh, young dragons come out. Jamie Noble, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jamie Son. Jamie, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Son. In the worst uh, mask I've ever seen, uh, being billed as from Tokyo, Japan, uh, they come out to the ring, and we discover that it's a ladder match. And the stipulation to this ladder match is so confusing; not even the announcers know how to uh, to explain it. Essentially, there is a music contract and a golden record uh, suspended from the top of the arena and if if the young if the young dragons win three count can no longer record music is, is that kind of the gist yeah, of no, it they're literally wrestling so that three count this this boy <laughs> this boy band will stop recording music it's it's really confusing too because there's two different things yeah. hanging above the ring there's whereas not, it's usually just one yeah so you, one team climbs up and gets one the other team gets the other one's a contract one's a gold record so it's it's a really confusing segment with a bunch of talented wrestlers and Tank Abbott, <laughs> and Tank Abbott who by the way stands at ringside this entire match. I guess we should get him on match. the apron. No, yeah, not just at ringside. He's on the apron, like dancing and playing to the crowd. It's just a mess. So I will say, there and this is again kind of a theme of the show. Several botches in this match. 
And had this been a cleaner match and had this been a simpler uh, gimmick, this would have been a decent match. Yeah. But it's kind of weighed down by those two things. So I guess we can get into the match a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of outside brawling. They have to go out to the ramp to get the ladders. So they bring a ladder back in the ring. It gets set up in the corner. Shannon Moore takes a really bad-looking ladder bump where he kind of misses the ladder and just lands on it with his feet. Um, we do get some decent spots later in the match, though. Um, Tank is at ringside the whole time, just nipples exposed, clapping and dancing like he doesn't have a care in the world. Um, I mean, more. I think more by far at least by my estimation, was kind of taking the big bumps. He kind of looked the best in this match. There was a really interesting spot where he got, he, he kind of did, went to the outside, ran into the ladder, which was in between the ropes, which shot up and hit, I believe, Noble in the face. Yeah, they Jamie jo- Son. <laughs> Sorry, and they Jamie Joey mercury him, yeah. Yeah, they Joey mercury him. That was a pretty cool spot. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else really to say about this match? So what? Uh, so the, the Young Dragons get the record down. And then Tank Abbott steals it, and then there's a double splash from a ladder. And a bad double splash from the ladder. A bad double splash from the ladder, and then somehow, I believe it's Moore, gets the contract, and the three-count win? Yeah, and, and the biggest thing I got from that at the end, uh, Tony Schiavone, play-by-play guy. And they will go on to record new music. And, and, and <laughs> that, like you said, that sets the tone. It's just like, I feel you, man. Like... You have to call this utter crap. Like this is garbage, and the first this is the opener. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna be to be fair. I didn't think the match was horrible by any means. I don't think it no, was it's great. Just, it's just the gimmick. It was just the gimmick. I do have to say, I was very confused at the beginning of the match because the wrestlers who are in this ladder match are standing on the apron waiting for tags. So that's a really good point. I forgot to mention that. So most most ladder matches are tornado tag rules. Yeah. Like I've never seen a tag team ladder match. That is not tornado tag. Yeah, and so I'm sitting here watching it, and they're waiting for pinfall, like or not pinfalls. For sure. They're waiting for taggings, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Well, how do you have any? Um, we did forget to mention uh, what they did as well. Every single match in this pay per view is no disqualification, never mentioned, but it's apparently a thing. And so, I mean, <laughs> it just takes trying to any, act, yeah, yeah trying to act like this any DQ is ridiculous. Yeah. So for yeah, for some reason they start, and then that, once they got the ladder, that went away, and guys were just brawling. Um, yeah, so that was a match. I give it two stars because of weird gimmicks and some botches. Uh, kind of sullied an otherwise decent match. I also gave it two stars. I thought it was pretty good, but again, like Zach said, there's a lot of botches, a lot of uh, struggle with uh, the gimmick, and Tank Abbott kind of made it for me, though, even though as awkward as he was. <sighs> he was having fun. I mean, at least somebody at least somebody on the show was having a good time because I think he might have been the only person... Outside of the <laughs> audience who was in it for themselves, that was having fun because everywhere you looked, performers just looked miserable. Uh, so yeah, props to Tank for actually enjoying himself. Yeah, two stars on this one for me as well. And and we did say this; these are talented guys. Oh, definitely. Like the, these, uh, most of these guys had decent careers. I mean, with when you take everything into perspective, but. They just booked themselves into a corner. I mean, what the hell would have happened if one would have got the recording contract, one would have got the gold? Like, they never explained no, it. They no, didn't they know. didn't even think that far. Yeah, they didn't like, even think They didn't it. even use any sort of small inkling of logic. So, yeah, two stars. It was a it was decent wrestling, but that just gimmick just ruined it, man. And shout out to Shannon Moore for being involved in match one of both episode one and episode two of Big Boys and Body Slams. Yeah, because he was he was at ringside with Matt. Yeah, with Matt. Mattitude. Mattitude. So Shannon Moore, you're officially friend of the podcast. He went friend from, of the podcast, Shannon Moore. He went from uh, boy band to MFR. 
Yeah, essentially. Uh, yep. So after that, we get a backstage segment. The filthy animals are backstage, who are Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Juventud Guerrero. Those were the three that were backstage. Disco right? Inferno and, Disco and Tigress Inferno. were the yeah. other two. I don't think Tigress was backstage for the segment. Maybe she no, was. No, she was, yeah. Okay. So they are basically wanting to guest referee the four-way tag team match later tonight. Uh, the cat, who is the authority figure at this point in WCW, apparently is fine with it because it will happen later on. And that was the segment. Well, I mean, I think they kind of tell the cat they'll help him with his match against Great Muda in exchange for being the refs in the tag team title match because, as you'll find out, Tigress runs down in the Great Muda Ernest the Cat Miller match. Yeah. 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 Um, and that is the next match. So now we have the Great Muda versus the cat. A legend. The legendary Great Muda. Just looking I'm so sorry, and downtrodden I'm on so the show. Sorry. Part of the Dark Carnival, which is just as low as it gets for the Great Muda. Yeah, an ICP faction. Gotta love it. What is a juggalo? I don't know. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, Are you down with the clown, Zach? Oh, I'm down with the clown, fam. I was in middle school. Sorry, guys. I just, oh, that's, that's, that's That's an honesty moment. I might know a I lot mean, of their okay, songs. Okay, so we're three like childhood wrestling fans in this yeah. room. The odds are one or more of us were juggalos at some point. It's unavoidable. I'm, I'm not going to like just fully commit to being a juggalo. I just was... Yeah, I was juggalo. Whatever. He I was, was painting his face, I bet, on the weekends. <laughs> Did you go chicken hunting on the weekends? No, but uh, God, I can't even think of a freaking reference now. I just, I, and I and I know, like, I know off off top of my head. If you played like ten ICP songs, I'm sorry, I could probably tell you word for word. Hey Zach, yeah. Do you know who's a better band than the ICP? Limp, Wicked Wicked Biscuit, <laughs> Limp Biscuit, and everyone else. Uh, Big Boys and Body Slams favorite band in the world. And WWE's. Also, three counts a better band than ICP, but let's get on to the next match. Yeah, wow. so uh, Great Muda versus The Cat is next. The Cat cuts a promo where he says, I know you don't speak English, but I'm going to give it to you straight. You're the Great Muda, and I'm going to kick your great ass. So, so he says, I know you don't speak English, and then he continues to speak English as if I need to poke holes in this logic. Muda but. probably spoke English at this point, right? He'd been in America for a decent amount of time. He probably knew English. <laughs> Yeah, Let's not was, get too much into the logic cheap, of this Those moment. cheap little stereotype pops. And another thing, this is the second match in, that has a uh, promo before. Yeah, get used to that. They substituted video packages for promos for the most part in the show. So if, hopefully you like promos with no backstory uh, because the three of us had no idea what was going on <laughs> to the backstory of a lot of these Production's matches. Production's hard on a $20 budget. That's true. Um I just, I, one thing I want to say about this match, the cat is over. Like The audience yeah. is behind the cat in this match. I mean, he's a charismatic guy, so I kind of get it. He's get, doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of martial arts moves, a lot of kicks and chops. Um, I just got to say, Muda's face paint in this match just looked lazy. It looked like something you'd get at the fair. It, it's not a good look. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I mean, I will say that Muda's face paint a lot of times was never really super creative. That's I mean, true. he was one of the first guys out there. Um, that that is iconic for the face paint, Bedrock City, baby. But um, yeah, you're right. It was it was definitely lazy. And I, how do you how do you not look depressed at this point? You're you're a legendary Japanese wrestler, and this this is what it this is what you're doing come these to, days. Yeah. And so the mood uh, the cat's in control for the part of the match. He's hitting again, like I said, a lot of martial arts strikes and, and kicks and chops. Then the mood gets in control. They wrestle on the floor for a while. They come back in, and then here comes Tigress with a steel chair. Uh, the Muda continues to be in control, and Tigress kind of just stands there for a while. Uh, like you, I kind of forgot she was there. Like she was there for a great while uh, during this match. Um, they go outside again. Um, the cat chokes out Muda with a cable, like a like a camera cable. 
uh, I, I will say I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Um, not the first time we see someone get choked out in the show either, or not the last time I should say. Um, they go inside. Uh, Muda misses a moonsault. He gets up. He misses Cat. Cat goes to the corner. The ref goes over to Cat, uses his shirt to wipe the mist. While this is going on, Tigress comes in the ring to the top, jumps off the top rope, hits Muda with a chair, which allows Cat to get the pinfall. And I just want to say. Since this was a no DQ match, why do we need a referee distraction in order for the interference? That makes no sense. Every almost every freaking match on this card contradicts itself when when you just take Seriously. a look at the rules. Well, when I told a friend that this was a show we were doing, he said, "Isn't that the one that every match is a no DQ?" And I've seen the show before, and I was like, "No, I don't think so." I look it up. Every match is supposed yep. to be under no DQ, and they never follow that rule. Yeah, Nick, never. Every 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 match has an, a referee, almost every match, I should say, has a referee distraction that leads to illegal activity that leads to the end of the match. So it, it it's it's just bad booking. It's 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 worse than bad booking. It's it's it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible Russo. booking. Yeah, it's Vince Russo booking. Yeah. Um so that's that. The cat gets the win. Uh that was a match. What do you guys give it? What do you guys think? One I gave it one point. Seven five, so one and three quarters stars because I thought the cat had some really cool kicks. Uh, I thought his offense was pretty good. I mean, the match was kind of sloppy and didn't make a lot of sense, but I mean, it was all right. I give it two stars. It certainly was not the worst thing we'll see on the show by a long stretch. I've uh, seen a lot worse, just in general. So here we go. This is probably the big famous match from this card. Uh, we go backstage. Buff is Buff Bagwell is uh, looking for Judy. Judy, Judy, yelling for Judy. And I think everyone his knows mother. at this point. Yeah, his mother, his mother, by the way. I think everyone knows at this point what we're getting at, and that is the classic Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Before we get into this, is there a wrestler that's more dislikable than Buff Bagwell? He's got such like a hateable face. Yeah, I don't know what it is about face. his face. Not, not that I try to punch him. No, but, but I mean, just look at it, the guy. He, don't j- hurt me. he just radiates douchebag. He really does. <laughs> and I think he's kind of the baby face in this match. And, and, and can I say, Judy Bagwell looks like at least three different cashiers at the local grocery store. <laughs> she really does. This is, I mean, this match is just not another not good match. I do have to point out, I love Chris Canyon. I thought he was always underrated. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who better than Canyon? Fred Durst. Damn it. Uh, no one's better than Canyon. Yeah, thank, thank you for actually giving me the correct answer. So anyways, Canyon comes out on a forklift, and who is, who, who's on the fork of the forklift? There's a pallet there, don't worry. Uh, then Judy Bagwell herself. He comes out. He raises the forklift, which will not play into this match, by the way. This is just a normal match. Yeah, she's Pinfall just tied at the wrists. And Canyon comes out wearing a hard hat because safety is important <laughs> before you go to wrestle. The hard hat comes into play in this match, too. Uh yeah, so he's got his hard hat on because he's driving big equipment. You know, you want to be safe. But Judy Bagwell has no protective equipment on, by the way. And she's just left to hang on this forklift. She's like tied up on the forklift. Yeah. So Canyon comes in. He cuts this promo. Who's better than Canyon? No one's better than Canyon. Says he's going to beat Buff Bagwell up. Uh, and there's also a step in this match, of course. It can't just be a match. Uh, if Canyon wins, then uh, Mrs. Bagwell is his new valet, uh, theoretically. I don't know why Canyon would want Judy Bagwell as his valet, but that's the story that they gave us. Well, and, and I did like the the little heel pop of, 
I couldn't have. So they're in Canada, and, and it was supposed to be a Judy Bagwell on a pole match, just because they were WCW is apparently just a freaking parody of itself at this point. But he said I couldn't find a pole in this crappy country, so the best thing I could find is this forklift. So I mean, we thought it was going to be Judy Bagwell on a pole, and here we are. He also calls Judy Bagwell a big fat battle ox, which I kind of appreciated. A battle, yeah, a battle axe, didn't he? <laughs> I think yeah. it was a battle ox. I'm not know. sure what he said, but I was going to point that out because it was it was hysterical. It was pretty funny. All right, so your cat's just committing party fouls. This is where we're at. We're in the studio. There's no cats in the studio. That was a ghost. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, yeah, the ghost. Yep. Um, so the match starts. Uh, th- this is just outside of the, the the stipulation of Judy Bagwell being on a forklift. This is just a really boring match. Nothing really happens until we get a run-in uh, with no other than Ready to Rumbles and former WCW heavyweight champion. They won't let you forget. David Arquette, which they are letting you know as he's on his way down that he is a former WCW champion. He comes down to the ring. He starts interfering. Maybe the silliest spot of the night. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, He takes a hard hat. He takes Canyon's hard hat. He hits Buff Bagwell with a hard hat. And that almost puts Buff down. It was a very near fall at that point. Um, A weak, a weak hard hat shot. I mean, like most most chair sh- or most weapon shots in this pay per view. But Buff B- Buff sold it well. He went down like a stack of bricks from the hard hat shot. Uh, so now they're tr- David Arquette gets in the ring. They're trying to tag team him. Canyon uh, hits the Canyon Cutter. Buff kicks out, uh, and then he starts buffing up. He gets excited. He starts doing this thing, which I think is him pumping up his finisher. He gets to the top rope, hits a double blockbuster, which I forgot was apparently his finisher. Uh, pins Cannon for the win, gets Judy down from the forklift. They hug. Get out of here with that. No, and, and like he hugs her and tries to celebrate. So he he undoes one wrist because she's got both wrists to the forklift. He undoes one wrist, thinks he has her free, starts hugging her and celebrating. And then like she tells him, hey, uh, like this is still here. And so he has to finish awkwardly removing her from the forklift. And I will say also, and I mean, at least this was my perception, Judy Bagwell doing her best Roseanne Barr impression is up there just screaming. And I could have swore that she was cheering for Canyon because when he asked, you know, who's better than Canyon, she's screaming, nobody. So I, I don't get it, man. Maybe she was confused too. It didn't make any sense in the world. It was bad. I give it one star. Uh, it, there was just no logic to it. It just, it was like watching nothing. You might as well just watch nothing and you'll get a better experience. I really didn't like this match at all. Uh, I know you guys, I know you were kind of high on Canyon. He didn't really do anything to impress me in this match. Not not here. Buff's no. buff. I mean, he just buffed his way through the match. And then I don't need to see David Arquette ever in a wrestling ring. So one star for me. What about you guys? This match, again, I'm going to give it one and a half. It wasn't good. I always enjoy Canyon's work. Not really here. Um, then the... Arquette thing was just weird. The Judy Bagwell thing was just weird. I don't. At the end of the match, Arquette hugs Canyon, then gets a Canyon cutter. It's just none of it makes sense. Why is Arquette coming here? Why is Canyon hurting him after the match? Why is Judy Bagwell even involved? It's like it's like a wrestling fan fever dream. It's just all these things are just happening, and you're like, what? None of it makes sense. It's just it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's, it's just bad. a Vince Russo acid trip, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I I had it at one star and another Tony Schiavone uh, quote here. Now, you've heard of Randy Orton's RKO out of nowhere. Michael Coles coined that. Tony Schiavone coined David Arquette out of nowhere. And so, yeah, that, that has to be the greatest surprise of all time, right? Yeah, and Arquette out of nowhere. That's that's rough. Speaking Jeez. of announcer spots, I don't even remember who said this, but I wrote it down. It was before the match. 
they were talking about Judy Bagwell, and they said she wants to be Canyon's Kimberly. Right, yeah, because <laughs> I laughed so hard for that. I popped more for that than anything. He marked out for that. Yeah, should, should mention that Canyon is doing his DDP impersonator gimmick. So yeah. at the time, yeah. I need the PCK t-shirt. So if any of our listeners have a positively Chris Canyon t-shirt, please send it to Kyle. He, please he send would, it to me and I will, anything. I'll make sure you get a free Big Boys and Body Slams t-shirt in exchange. That's a good exchange. Um, so yeah, bad match. Don't watch it. Uh, after that, we have a limousine um, pulling up to the parking lot. It's purple. A really nice purple limousine. Metallic purple. And then who comes out but Canada's own Lance Storm rocking a sweet-ass fanny pack, and he gets a pop. He is Canada's hometown hero. Home country hero, I guess, in this case. Uh, I I also want to say after that, uh, Mark Madden puts a Canadian flag on himself. I think that was, wasn't that later? That was actually during the storm match, I believe. No, I got this right here. Okay. It happened at the same time. Madden put a Mm -hmm. Canadian flag on, and Scott Hudson goes, well, that's a real big flag. (laughs) <laughs> made me laugh real hard. The announcers are making me pop this show. Yeah, they had some pretty good, uh, pretty good singers. In I there. mean, they had to be communicating. You have to find, man. you have to find God. something in this show to just cling on to. <laughs> I think at, the, at one point, in the, and this was later in the show, and, and at one point, I was, I was commenting on how good the graphics looked for the title matches uh, when, like, the screen came up for the title matches for 2000, and that's when I realized that I was like, oh man, this is a bad show. If I'm just finding something to compliment, um, yeah. It, but yeah, Landstorm's there, and people like Landstorm a lot in Canada. Go figure. Uh, next up, we had uh, a match that I can only describe as if you looked in the dictionary for clusterfuck, <laughs> you'd get a still of every person involved in this match in the ring, and that would be the tag team title match uh, for, I mean, so let's just break it down this way. So you see the filthy animals come out. Every member of the Filthy Animals, except for Conan, is wearing a referee shirt. So that's how you know it's going to be a good match. Uh, Conan gets on commentary. There's four referees here. The rest of the Filthy Animals come out in their ref shirts. And then we get the real teams, who are as follows. We get MIA, who come out with Super Soakers, which is just real good. Uh, Hugh Morris, who is known as General Rection. And uh, the other guy was... Corporal Cajun. Corporal Cajun. Uh, and his, Lash LaRoe. Yeah, okay, there you go. So they come out... Um, and then Sean O'Hare and uh, Mark Jindrak come out, uh, and then Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo, who are known as the Perfect Event. Did I write that down yep. right? Yeah, I don't know. The Perfect know. The perfect Event, and then it the no champions, sense. the Chronic, came out. And Wait, well, When you say they're the champions, they don't come out with the, the belts. <laughs> the filthy yeah. animals have the belts on. Yeah. So, we were so confused sitting there watching that because we're like, who, who's the champions? Who's wrestling? Who's going to wrestle? Yeah, Chronic, Chronic, uh, Brian Adams and Brian Clark are... are Build as the tag team champions, but the filthy animals, I think it was uh, Ray and uh, Conan, came out with the tag team championships like on their waist. And I don't get what the lead up was there, but what the hell, man? It's just stupid. You know, it's just dumb. Uh, so this match, trying to. <sighs> Should we start with... I guess we should start with Disco's (laughs) promo first. Uh, Disco cuts a promo, one of many uh, pre-match promos on this card. Uh, He gets, again, a a cheap pop on Canada, or cheap heat on Canada, I should say. Puts them down. Then he talks about how the refing's going to work. So uh, get your pen and paper out because this is going to be an event. So Disco's going to be in the ring as the in-ring official. The rest of uh, the Filthy Animals, Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Hooventude, and Tigress, are going to be outside the ring as ringside officials, I guess. 
I don't know. Can you guys describe it any better? Yeah, so Conan's still on commentary. You got Hoovy, Ray, uh, and Tig- or Tigris. Um, they're out there as enforcers, but really just it's a, it's a lumberjack match. Like, they're just out there being lumberjacks, and anybody that comes out there is just getting their ass stomped. And Disco's giving Buff Bagwell run for his money as most hateable wrestler. He's got a stupid hat under in this match that I just can't stand and, to look and at him in. He's not Disco Inferno anymore, keep in mind. He is Disco with a Q. Oh, it's brutal. And then there's Rey Mysterio. And you're thinking about Rey Mysterio with a mask. This this is is, unmasked Rey. This is unmasked Rey with, like, devil horns. With glued-on devil horns on his freaking forehead. Oh, Which is kind of a nice uh, call forward to his uh, daredevil. (laughs) We're getting so many connotations here. I like Um, it. By the way, this is kind of a sidebar, but when I was young, I used to think that Masked Ray and Unmasked Ray were uh, different people, and I thought uh, Unmasked Ray was uh, Masked Ray's dad. I don't know why I thought that, but it was <laughs> it was it, it was embedded in my brain that those were like two different people. Uh, so the match begins. You get Haas action first. Palumbo and I think I don't know one of the Bryans from. Chron- I, by the way, I should say this now. I cannot tell the two members of Chronic apart. They we, are the same guy to they're me. They're just big dudes. With they're two Bryans. Long black hair. Yeah. We we all had a hard time with it. Uh, yeah. So. It starts out with some big Haas action. For a while, it was pretty easy to call kind of the shots or the spots uh, spots in this match because it's a pretty standard tag team match that you'd see in WWE. Of course, with more than two teams, it gets interesting. And then it kind of all breaks down once the outside refs get involved. So whenever somebody gets sent outside, they start getting beat up, and then they get thrown back in. But whenever someone gets thrown out of the ring... (laughs) Someone else just comes in, and I guess they're the legal man now. Because this happened several times in the match when someone would get ejected out of the ring, someone from a different team would come in, and then they'd just start wrestling. I noticed that throughout this match, and it just drove me crazy. Not that I'm a stiffler for the rules or anything, and again, we're watching New Blood Rising, so I shouldn't maybe take it too seriously. But it was just one of those little things that just drives me crazy. Um, Eventually, though, things just... As if they weren't broken down in the first Things place. Things just break down. Yeah. We got a little kid giving a double bird to the hard cam, which I did <laughs> really enjoy. Uh, I can relate to that. At one point, I think every man in the match was in the ring. Uh, was I correct in thinking that? Every, oh, yeah. Even yeah. the refs were in the ring. Oh, yeah. It was a disaster. It was, it was hard to keep track of. And then you keep getting more stuff going on. Like, at one point, Chronic is going for a double choke slam on Palumbo and the Dark Carnival interferes. Yeah, Dark Carnival comes in for some reason. They start fighting. And then another thing is that, that I realized about halfway through the match, Disco Inferno was slow counting every team. Yeah, everything. No, he had he had no, he had he no, had no dog in this fight at all. Yeah. And he's just one. He was slow counting everybody. So it's like, why, at that point, Two. Disco, <laughs> and I guess the Filthy Animals as a whole, why do you want a special ref this match? If you're not gonna root, if you're not gonna have any rooting interest, what's the point of, of so desperately wanting to get involved? And then you think that's confusing enough. Um, at the end, Shavu Guerrero runs out, attacks Disco, takes his ref shirt, and counts for three as Chronic double slams Plumbo. Because all you have to do to be a freaking referee is put on a zebra shirt. Yeah, if you got the shirt, you're it's a, it's in the rule book. You're automatically a referee. Um, so yeah, somehow Chronic retains thanks to Chavo Guerrero. Uh, this was one of the worst tag team matches I've ever seen, and it, and from head to toe, it just reeks of Russo's overbooking nonsense. I gave it, what did I, I gave it zero point five stars. Yeah. Uh, at this point, this is the lowest rating of the show. We may dip lower than that later on, but I thought this was awful. This is completely forgettable. This is terrible. It's a clusterfuck. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who's legal. You. 
how how are there four or five referees at the end? You have a guest commentator. You have guys running in. You have no clue what's going on. I also gave it a half star, and the only reason I'm giving it a half star is the Super Soakers at the beginning. <laughs> My friend's two-year-old daughter could book this match better. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point. Like this match was so poorly booked that somebody who knows nothing about the industry could have stepped in and booked a more uh, logically sound tag team match, and that's just sad to me. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It is literally, it is literally like when we were five and had freaking wrestling action figures and a ring and just made shit happen. That's exactly. What that is literally what it is. And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I gave it a half star. Uh, two comments on this: Conan is on commentary, and him talking trash is easily. Easily the best part of this match. Uh, and also, uh, Brian Clark, who in WWF was Adam Bomb, looks like Ronnie James Dio and Glenn Danzig had a steroid-fueled love child. It really does. Yeah. Also, one last note. There are a lot of guys in this match that are, have passed away. Dude, we're going to find that so A lot of guys on this views. card that have passed away. Yeah. It's really and sad. And to think this was only, I mean, I'm going to say only, but 18 years ago, these weren't old guys at the time. I mean, this, no. was just, this is just a reflection to me of where wrestling was at that time uh, where people were just putting their bodies through their this this unimaginable torment which they still do but then on top of that they're adding drug abuse and it's just a it's a cocktail for disaster and mm-hmm. uh thank goodness we seem to be in a better place now with uh the people we have wrestling but, for us. but we are still seeing the after effects oh, i mean we're, right definitely. now i mean the last couple of years wrestlers are dropping like flies man, man. the last couple really weeks yeah brian christopher jim neidhart nikolai volkoff there's a lot going on man yeah I also want to do a sidebar real quick. Did you guys know that Mark Jindrak was supposed to be one of the members of Evolution? Did you guys know that? I forgot about that. Wasn't it Sean O'Hare? No, it was Mark Jindrak. It was Jindrak. Jindrak. Yeah. Over Batista? Over Batista. Yeah, he was supposed to be the next guy. Can you imagine? No. I mean, what if it worked, though? He could have been the next big superstar. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was with three very talented guys. Yeah, and he had the same kind of look that Batista did without tattoos. He yeah, wasn't as true. good of a wrestler, but I mean, back then, it yeah, you were not a good wrestler. Yeah, if you learned underneath all of them, he would. I mean, you'd figure he would potentially. I think he's a big star in Mexico now, if I'm correct. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after that, we get Jeff Jarrett cutting a backstage promo, talking about how he's going to beat up Booker T real bad. I know uh, Luke he said a line I think you liked a lot. Uh, no, that was Booker T later that said that. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. I mean, remember. I'm sure he used the word slap nuts though. Oh, I'm sure there was a slap nuts at the end of the promo. I don't remember anything he said. It was really forgettable. And then after that, we got Shane Douglas versus... The franchise, baby! Versus uh, my, Billy My Kidman. Twitter best friend, sorry. Yeah, uh, Shane, if you're listening and you want to like, come on the show or like, even shoot an intro for us, hook Huge hook friend of the podcast, the franchise Huge Shane Douglas. Five-star match right here. Uh, <laughs> this is the best match I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. No, seriously. So this was a strap match without the rules of a strap match. So typically in a strap match it, it, you, or, or a bull rope match or similar things like that, the goal is to touch all four corners of the ring and be the first competitor to do so. While being tied to your opponent. Yeah. Here's the genius twist that Vince Russo puts on it, though. What if we had the strap, but we didn't do the four ring post thing? Uh, uh. It's brilliant. <laughs> So essentially, this was just a normal match with two guys tied to each other. We're uh, just seeing what sticks at this point with Russo. Like he's throwing stuff against the wall, and if it sticks, and it's all shit. It. Yeah, it's all trash. It's all bad. Um, so this match wasn't. It was pretty. bad. This match yeah. wasn't terrible, but what happened after the match? It just became a circus as it, 
as this show has taught us that it, it, that's how it works. Um, so they work out of the ring a lot. Obviously, they're tied to each other. The strap comes in. They're slapping each other with the strap all over the place. Uh, Kidman gets choked outside the ring with the strap for a while. They come back in, and then, man, Kidman just starts hitting Douglas in the dick with this strap over and over again, and it just is not where you want to be. Uh, that looked that looked painful. A Mark Madden quote, he's strapping him on his strap. Yeah. He, he loved that one. I also want to point out this was another match with a promo before the match started. Oh, that's right. That's right. And Douglas yeah. got more Canada heat, I believe. Yep. If and you don't know what else to do and you don't have a good character, just make fun of the place you're in. And also, let's point out that Douglas is supposed to be the heel here, but he's fighting Billy Kidman because Billy Kidman was going to release a porn of Tori Wilson and him. And Billy Kidman's the face? Oh, Billy Kidman did something worse than that after the match was over, too. Uh, yeah, so essentially, heel Shane Douglas is trying to stop Billy Kidman from releasing revenge porn. Imagine that storyline going down in 2018. I know I said that about something on our last episode, but no, it's, gonna be tone, it's so tone deaf. God dang it. Um, so I, honestly, by the end of this match, I was kind of hoping Kidman was going to get his ass kicked. And uh, it was just bad. At one point, Tori Wilson... Gets up on the apron. Uh, she's getting, trying to get involved. Um, she did she take her shoe off? Or am I thinking of yeah? No, yeah, yeah. She took her shoe. She off. took her shoe off, which was the second. This was the sillier near fall, I think, because she hits Kidman with a shoe, and again, almost that was almost it. Kidman was down from that weak shoe. No, bro, shot. you were missing the <laughs> you're missing the craziest part. As Tori jumps on the apron, grabs her heel. Mark Matten again. Is she's turning heel? Actually, so, <clears throat> sorry about that. No, no, um, she actually hit Douglas with the shoe. She tried to hit Kidman. That's yeah. right. She tried to hit Kidman, and Kidman she ducked, Kidman. and then she hit Douglas, and then there was a near fall. And, sorry. And Mark Matten said she's turning heel using a an an, an inside non kayfabe uh, wrestling term in this wrestling Get show. Used to that. Which I mean, if if you're if you're a Mark or smart Mark, you're gonna you're gonna see that. But I mean. <sighs> As as a mark myself, these just over and over just killed me. Just killed me. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, th- how much? And this is another just another Russo trademark of like trying to make everything a shoot, even when it's clearly like you don't need to have that in, involved in every storyline and every match. Like, it's just swerve it just comes off. Swerve. Yeah, it just comes off bad. Um, so that was a good point. She she misses Kidman and hits Douglas with the shoe. Uh, and then near the end of the match, uh, Kidman gets pushed into Tori Wilson, who just no-sells this. I think she was supposed to fall off the apron because she Kidman ran right into her, and she just did nothing. She just stood there. And then um, Kidman's able to hit the Kid Crusher. He wins. At this point, I'm like, that was okay. It's always fun to see someone get hit in the nuts. Uh, so that had it, had it going for that. And then the post-match happened. So Kidman gets up and... As the bold, heroic baby face that he is, he ties the strap to Tori Wilson and just starts smacking her in the ass with it. And then the heel, Shane Douglas, comes to save the day. And he takes the strap, gets on the top turnbuckle, wraps the strap around Kidman, Kidman's neck, and literally tries to murder him in the ring in front of all these people. Uh, and basically starts hanging him with the strap. Okay, but can you blame him? I mean, look at them bosom shots. Bosom, bosom shots, shots abound. Yeah. Bosom shots. This was early 2000s wrestling at its finest. Well, and literally, like, he puts Kidman on a chair, hangs the strap over his shoulder, and then they kick the chair out. It was and, pretty gruesome. And he, and he left a little bit of slack, so at first Kidman's feet are on the mat, but it, 
they're they're hanging this dude. He is hanging him. Uh, and then and then thankfully Vito ran in. <laughs> And, for God knows and, what reason. And broken up. And then, I don't, what's the other guy's name? I Reno. Don't remember. Reno runs in. Reno and Vito start fighting in the middle of the ring. And then that's the end of that. I know a lot of obsc- obscure wrestlers. I have no idea who <laughs> Reno is. I, c- I couldn't tell you. I remember Vito. Worst haircut ever. I remember Vito, but I don't remember Reno. Yeah, he's got the horse tail thing going on. Yeah, no, right? he's literally got a pin the tail, a pin the tail and donkey right on his freaking yeah, head. That's bad. Uh, so they brawl for a while and then that's it. Uh, had the match ended... When it did, I probably would have given this a star and a half, two stars. That post match is just again, it's just overbooking nonsense, run-ins for the sake of run-ins. That bumped it down to a one. Did not like this at all. I like Shane Douglas. I like Billy Kidman. I like Tori Wilson. Not here. I mean, I like the in-ring stuff. I'm gonna give it one and three quarters. I mean, I thought the match was fine. The ending stuff was stupid. Tori Wilson's always good. I love Shane Douglas and I love Billy Kidman even more. So, I mean, the pa- the post-match stuff was kind of lame. Well, really lame. But the match itself, 1.75. Let the record show, Shane Douglas, I love you more than Billy Kidman. But, yeah, I gave it I gave it a star and a half just simply for the match. I'm not even going to count the freaking post-match shenanigans, man. Uh, a star and a half. But what I will say here, and I know I'm quoting these announcers a lot, but it, it's just so ridiculous you can't help but say it. Uh, Scott Hudson here is literally at the end of this post-match is just saying, what is the story? And I'm not even sure at this point if he's just like yelling at the voices in his ear. Like, what the hell am I supposed to say? He forgot to mute his mic before he said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or <laughs> either way, I felt you, man. I, I could not agree with you more. I mean, from our perspective, I'm pretty sure we have it right where what we said was, was the story where Billy Kidman was going to release this sex tape. Yeah, and as a babyface, that just even in two thousand, even by two thousands terms, I'm shocked yeah, that standards. they tried getting that over. And it's worth noting as well, the crowd was not into this at all. They were sat on their hands this entire match, even during the better spots of the match. They didn't get into anything, and uh, it's well, I feel like taking the strap away and all the goofy shit around this match. Douglas and Kidman could have had. A- they could have, have had, had a, a very, really good match yeah. and probably a really good feud. And that's what that's what I was just about to get at is there have been multiple matches like even the Buff Bag, I mean the Judy Bagwell on a pole match, they could have just been singles matches and they would have been fine. Yeah, they would have been they, acceptable they matches. Themse- they booked themselves into a corner basically. Just, why, why, dude? Why the gimmick stipulations? If they took those away, these are, I mean, for the most part, these are de- pretty decent matches. Oh yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Um. Moving on from that, uh, Booker T is arriving in his rental car. Uh, he gets out, and then who comes over but Double J. Jeff Jarrett comes over, attacks Booker, puts him in the passenger seat of beats his car. Beats the living hell out of him. Beats him up real good, puts him in the car, gets his leg in a good position, and he just he just slams that leg in that car door. And it, looked, it looked great. It looked agonizing, but it looked good. And, and keep in mind that Booker T was apparently supposed to have an injury before this pay-per-view anyway like he already had some sort of knee problem and then Jeff Jarrett just comes after him and yeah no he's slamming the car door as hard as he can maybe Booker got another like that left leg up and was kind of preventing any pressure but dude it looked like he was destroying his leg he really went he really slammed oh that, yeah that door uh, and that was that segment uh, that actually might be one of the better segments of the whole show like I don't know like, yeah, I don't want to say it was selling but... and, and looking yeah I agree um, so we can look forward to their match later. Up next. 
I don't want to talk about this, but we we it's it's our duty. We got to talk about this. Nice. Um, <sighs> Major Guns. Who Res- is porn star Tylene Buck? Literally, and Miss Hancock, who is uh, Playboy Bunny Stacy Keebler. Stacy was never in Playboy. Was she never? Nope. Are you sure? It was Tori Sable, Christy Hemme, Maria. It's only every other <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> yeah, Stacy never did it. Good for her. Uh, Miss Hancock. Melina might have done it. Uh, in a there was a lot in a mud wrestling match? Question mark. I uh, bosom shots. I'm gonna tell you right now. The best wrestling move of this whole match was uh, Major Guns hitting an X Factor on Stacy Kubler during the match. Yeah, that was impressive. Besides that, though. I mean, major guns. Which this uh, is yeah. this is this is what this is what happens when you take a porn star and try to make her a wrestler because she has huge uh, uh, bosom shots. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, her, her running into the ropes, her getting Irish whipped into a turnbuckle. She didn't sell it at all. It was just it. It was clunky. It was we bad. don't even really have to run down this match because there was there's nothing to there's talk nothing about. to it. No. I mean, they were ripping each other's shirts off for near falls. Literally, yeah, they'd rip an article of clothing off and then go for a pinfall. Which, what? Why are they trying to go for a pinfall when it's a mud wrestling match? And then they would get a two count. So what would I, what I want to know is what would have happened if they would have gotten a three count? Like, well, match one is over. Now let's go to the mud and have another match because the announcers specifically said that they still had to go into the mud pit. And I mean, this match was it was. You know what? I'm not even gonna call it a match. This was not yeah, a match. Yeah. This this was this this was a clever way to put a strip tease in the middle of a show to keep the fans interested. I mean, let's be honest, that's what this was. But 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 you're forgetting that at the end they come up with this crazy storyline. Uh, I mean, at the end they do end up after wrestling in the ring for a ton of time, way too long. They get in the mud, and they all of a sudden there's a pin, and Stacy Keebler, who is called Miss Hancock here. Like, they've been calling her Miss Hancock this whole match. Holds her stomach and starts screaming. Starts screaming. All of a sudden, her fiancé, David Flair, comes out and screaming, What is going on with her? And so they're just implying that she's just straight up pregnant or, you know, that she had a miscarriage or, or something like that. Yep. But but here's the thing, man. And this they do this all-pay-per-view. Um, she gets put on a stretcher. She gets carted off in the ambulance, and then they start calling her by her name, Stacy Keebler. Like, and don't forget, she's getting put in an ambulance covered in mud. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You yeah. got to paint the picture here. But yeah, no, she. They're they're instead of Miss Hancock, they're calling her Stacy Keebler, saying you know she started out as a nitro girl. So this is what they do a lot, and this is some weird Russo crap where he just tries to take a ch- chain gun and just destroy kayfabe and just by by just Stacy Keebler and man I'm sorry I'm just I'm just getting heated cuz this is freaking ridiculous this was terrible uh, and then to just do <laughs> I guess it's worth noting uh Major Gun wins the match she she rolls up she she rolls up uh Miss Hancock while she's writhing in pain for the 3 count so this was a match there was a pinfall but this was just nothing about this was redeeming unless all you care about is sexy ladies taking their clothes off. But if that's the case, you shouldn't be watching wrestling. Well, if that's the case, just the, watch porn. the screaming at the end killed your mood completely, yeah. guaranteed. They tried to... They, so they took a really stupid, silly angle, tried putting a serious spin on it. It didn't work. It was terrible. Zero stars. We have to rate it. It's a match. I'm giving it zero stars. You know, for the X Factor alone, I would have given it one-fourth star, 
until that weird pregnancy thing, so I'm giving it a dud. Crap. Yeah, negative one stars. Not even the massive amount of bosom shots could save this. It, it was it was bad. bad. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, so now backstage, we get a interview with the Dark Carnival. Vampiro's calling out Sting, uh, wants the demon to prove himself. At one point, he says a line that I really resonate with in my heart, which was, uh, the fate that the Juggalo army has for you. And then he goes through to say something else. But I just that, I, I'm going to start using that phrase. Uh, the faith that the juggle army has for you. I'm going to start using that in everyday conversation because it was great. Uh, I love Vampiro. He cuts a great promo even back then. Uh, also to point out, the D- the Kiss Demon is Dale Torborg who showed up in TNA in like 2004, 2006, somewhere in there and ended up having a short feud with Lance Hoyt. Remember I know- that? <laughs> AJ Przinsky was involved, the old catcher. So AJ, if you're listening, I was a big fan. Send me an autograph. There I you just, go. I just know- I'm sure he's listening. Like I, I know day. that we do have a lot of marks listening in, but I mean I feel like some of this needs some background. They literally took Gene Simmons from the band Kiss, not not him himself, but took his entire gimmick, his face paint, everything, and made him a wrestler. And they originally called him the Kiss Demon. Now that that kind of fizzled out, that partnership, they just call him the Demon. He's this is yeah. Gene Simmons as a wrestler. Yeah, it's, it's he's literally just being Gene Simmons, and there's nothing nobody wants that. <laughs> but you're I getting mean, it. I, I love Kiss, and I love um, Gene Simmons. But so basically, what I the think hell? this was actually I will say this was one of the few matches that had a bit of storyline explained going into it, and that was essentially that they they wanted to see if the demon really belongs. I can't believe I'm saying this in the Juggalo faction, the Dark Carnival. So they wanted him to prove himself in a match against uh, the man named Sting, the man called Sting, and that was going to be up up next uh and i'm just gonna say right off the bat this was my favorite match on this card <laughs> zach i gotta stop you real quick yeah what a disgrace the kiss yeah yeah god damn big time. don't ever compare kiss to the insane clown posse yeah the yeah, put them in the same breath it doesn't even make and i think it's also worth noting that by this time i'm pretty and i could be wrong and i don't i don't have the timeline in front of me but i'm almost certain that by this time ICP was already in WWF with the Oddities by the time the Dark Carnival was still going. I think I think Oddities might have been a couple years before. Yeah, it was. Oh, a couple years before. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's no ICP on the show, unfortunately. I really. I just have to say, comparing Kiss to the Instant Clown Posse is like comparing the world's greatest chocolate to that shitty chocolate your aunts and uncles get you for Christmas. Or it's like oh. comparing like the mediocre band the Eagles to the greatest band of all time, Limp Biscuit. That's true. Yeah, I can go through that. Hands up, hands down. <laughs> I can't. I can't even. I can't even kayfabe that man. Jesus. Uh, I mean, Zach's right. But I mean, Thanks, the, we do. <laughs> we do have a a kiss. A yeah, a kiss themed wrestler in a insane clown posse faction. The only thing I can say is the year two thousand. What a freaking time. The year two thousand for WCW in uh, particular. What yeah. a time! Yeah. Uh, so we get uh, the demon versus Sting. The demon comes out and makes his entrance. Here comes Sting's music. He drops down from the top. The demon attacks him on the ramp. Uh, Sting's still wearing his harness, which tells me this is going to go quick. He gets him in the ring, hits him with a stinger splash, scorpion death drop. One, two, three. The match is over. Three stars. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. This I'm, was awesome. I'm giving it three stars too. It did a good job of. I mean, you don't really have to get Sting over, but it showed that the demon was no match for Sting. Yeah, there was no stupid. Which I pro- would certainly freaking hope so. Yeah, there, there's no stupid promo before the sh- before the match. Yeah, the 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 interview that we did have actually gave story background to the match. It was almost like the booking and the storylines were working together for once, and 
yeah, I thought this was perfect. Had I been at the show, and I, we mentioned this as we were watching it together, had I been at the show and I'm paying for a ticket because I want to see Sting, probably. That's probably one of the reasons you're buying a ticket. And you get to see him for two, three minutes. I'd probably be pretty upset, but just watching this at home, this was awesome. It made Sting look strong. Um, afterwards, uh, the rest of the Dark Carnival come out. Um, and then Chronic comes out for some reason. They start fighting. Sting's gone. Sting leaves. And the demon um, leaves too. Yeah, the demon just stands there and watches while uh, Chronic beats up... Uh, Beats, up, beats yeah. up Muda and Vampiro. Vampiro. Yeah. And then for some reason afterwards, they're like, you're going to get a title match tonight after they beat him up, which like makes no sense because they'd already wrestled. Why would they want to wrestle again? But they decide they're putting the titles up on the line. Um, so that happened. I will say that we did get a, uh, a hilarious close-up of, of a Muda face. And uh, if I may, it was, it was about like this. It was great. He was, he was selling. Pretty accurate. And yeah, it was, it was hilarious. It was that's what you want. Um, just so you guys know, you know, Luke said just like this. Remember, we're filming this one and putting it on YouTube. That's so right, you, you can watch see, this on uh, YouTube.com. Yeah, if you want to see Luke's funny faces that he makes, or just his funny face in general, it's going to be on YouTube. Got him. You that was really mean. I think you have a wonderful face, Luke. Thanks, buddy. Uh, next up, we're backstage for a very quick segment. Booker is writhing in pain at the training table, and he does not want the cameras anywhere near him. Uh, that's pretty much all for that. Up next, we have Mike Awesome versus Lance Storm. Woo! For the U.S. title, scratch that, the Canadian Heavyweight Championship. Before he continues on this match and explains what happens, both these guys are such good wrestlers. They're fantastic. This is one of the highlights of the show and probably the highlight of the year 2001 in WCW. Uh, Mike Awesome deserved a lot more than he got. And I know he was probably a big fish in a small pond in ECW and then a small fish in a big pond in WWE and WCW. God, he was so good. And Lance Storm, too. They were both so talented. Yeah. Um, and actually, for a nice change of pace, instead of having some, a heel come out and get uh, some cheap Canada heat, we have usually a heel. But in this in Canada, he's a face. Lance Storm comes out, and he gets some cheap Canada pops. Uh, basically, disgraces the U.S., talks about how terrible they are, talks about how much he loves Canada, how he's going to live here forever. Um, Pretty fun stuff. And then he says that since we're in Canada and this is a Canadian title defense, which is pretty funny because it's the U.S. title, um, that he is going to cite rule, uh, what is it, 32B, and he's going to bring out his own referee, which is Jacques Rousseau. Jacques Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau. The Mountie. Yes. Uh, So he comes out. uh, There's some confusion. Uh, Mike Awesome has some pretty good uh, look on his face during this this whole scenario. Um, But he comes out. he sits outside the ring for this match, but he definitely plays a role as the match continues. Can um, I also say that, I mean, these belts probably meant absolutely nothing, but Lance Storm, it has to be like the most decorated, this has to be the most decorated he's ever been in his career. Not only does he have the U.S. title, he has the hardcore title and the cruiserweight championship, and they all have like a Canadian flag pasted on them. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So, I mean, yeah, no, Lance Storm, top of his game. It's pretty great. And then also uh, something that was funny in the pre-match is they played the Canadian national anthem, and after they did it, they cut to the announce table, and Madden was crying over the beauty of the anthem. I thought that was pretty funny. Quick quick sidebar here. Did, yeah. the, did Lance Storm come over for the invasion? Yes. Yeah. So I think that he, they should have made him a bigger deal when he came over. Mm-hmm. They could have they could have made him a big deal. They could have made Awesome a big deal. If I recall, correct, I don't know about the Awesome. If I recall, awesome was there. 
Was yeah, he? he was there. Yeah. If I recall correctly, Storm didn't even stick around that long, if I remember right. No, he did because he was part of the Un-Americans with Lance Storm yep. and Tess. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. That's mm-hmm. right. And then he had a quick like friendship with Val Venus, and they were actually on the WrestleMania 19 pre-show against RVD and Kane, I believe. Val Venus was known as Sean Morley at that time. Nice. Look at you. Look at that. He's an encyclopedia. I like it. I got my moments. <laughs> if only I could be like this in school, it'd be great. But at least you got a sweet shirt. Oh yeah, it's 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 Randy Savage like on top of the Kool Aid Man and the brother. Yeah, they're like busting through a wall or something, and it says, "Oh yeah, nice." That's my bad impression of the day. I mean, I that mean, was a mix of the Kool Aid Man. Wasn't that and Randy bad? Wasn't that bad? Right. Yeah. Um, so this match, there's some pretty decent action in this match. Um, as we go, it's it's definitely going to kind of evolve into being much more of a story driven affair. I think um, at one point. Um, Mike Awesome hits this really great looking suplex right at the start of the match. Um, I believe it was a belly to belly suplex. I mean, just setting the tone. Mike Awesome's a big man and he's working like a big man in this match. But for some reason, throughout this match, he cannot stay on the top rope. He went up there several times and I don't think he had a clean a clean climb one of those times. One of the times he just fell he off. He fell straight and off. And then, yeah. then he turned it into a clothesline. Bro, I think this... I mean, all due respect, R.I.P. Mike Austin. I think this dude was drunk. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like know. Um, so we start to get to the story stuff here. Uh, Mike Awesome hits this really cool, like, pop-up sit-out powerbomb. It gets a little weird here. So he gets the three count. It was a little bit of a botch because Storm clearly kicked out while the ref was still counting. At least that's how I viewed it. Um, but he gets the three count. The ref calls for the bell. This is when the Canadian ref comes up and says... No, no, no. The Mountie. Serving justice. He says, when we're fi- uh, when we're on Canadian soil and there's a Canadian title up for grabs, you have to win with a five count. <laughs> this is I love this. Somehow, I didn't love this as much as you guys, but it was a nice break. I'll say that. Um, so somehow this this is taken as gospel because he had, does have the Canadian ha- uh, rule book in yeah, his yeah, hands. Yeah, the Mountie comes out with the Canadian rule book, which Landstorm cited Canadian rule number 32B was uh, that you need to have a special referee. So they they keep doing Uh, this. So they restart the match. Um, Almost immediately, the second finish came really fast to where Lance came in. He tried doing a sunset flip, which got countered uh, into an Alabama slam. And then uh, Austin put in the dragon sleeper to Storm, who tapped. The bell rings. Everyone's going crazy again. And then, uh, oh, no, no, no. You can only win via pinfall. No submissions. In a championship match in Canada. In the, That's what it says in the Canadian rule book. So the match restarts. And then throughout this match, Awesome gets a four count. Like a near fall four count. Who would have thought you'd ever it was hear wild. that? Um, yeah, and uh, so he gets the four count. They get on the top rope again. Awesome's just, I don't know if they put oil on the top rope or what, but he's struggling. He manages to hit uh, a splash, gets the five count, Bell rings, and then, oh no, according to the Canadian rule book, you have to win with a five-count pinfall, and you have to be able to beat the count of ten before the match is over. The match restarts. Um, do we get a run in here? Not yet. Not yet. Nope. Um, so they keep fighting for a while. Um, so the a table, the ta- I guess the table was put outside in the beginning of the match, um, but it, nothing really happened with it. Storm brings it into the ring, sets it up. Um, uh, what happened next? Um, so there's a top rope suplex through the table. Uh, so now both men are down. We're getting the 10 count. And then yeah, just as awesome 
and Storm were standing up at the same time. Rougeau uh, punches Awesome. Awesome goes down. Storm gets up before the 10 count. Match over. Storm retains the title. This was something. Hey, I was thoroughly entertained. This whole show was pretty much garbage. I love this match. 3.25 because of the entertainment factor. It was so fun. It was definitely overbooked, but at least they did a good job at it this time. I didn't even think about this, man. Uh, with that last finish, was there a five count before that? Ten count? I don't believe so. <laughs> I just realized that, actually. I, I didn't realize it at the time either, but they just both hit the deck and then they started counting to ten when the rule was you get a five count and then a ten count. We could be God. wrong. I ain't going back to but, watch. But I will say, I will say, if this, <laughs> if this entire pay-per-view was not surrounded by freaking gimmick matches... I mean, I love this just because of what it was. Um, but if this was just the standalone, like, super weird, funny gimmick match in a normal pay-per-view, fantastic. Like, this would be the best comedic relief. I gave it three stars, and yeah, no, it was good stuff. It's just you probably lost your patience by the time we got I there. wasn't as into it. Uh, I thought it was pretty stupid. Um, Zach was getting grumpy. I wasn't grumpy. I just, I think, like Luke had said, I think it was just on a show that was saddled with pointless gimmicks and bad booking, this just came across as just like, here we go again. Uh, uh, I did give it two and a half stars, which is one of my highest ratings of the night. So, uh, but uh, it didn't do too much for me. It was fun. And I like Lance Storm. I'm always down to see him wrestle. Mention, mention this, uh, this uh, run in now. Oh yeah. And then the post, a oh, run in, please. This is like a crawl. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. A, 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 a saunter, a <laughs> yeah, saunter, in. a stroll in. So here comes Brett, the Hitman heart dressed in a gray t-shirt <laughs> and mom jeans. Showing hands, his man boobs. Hands in pockets. He strolls down to the ring. Couldn't be less interested. You could almost see him grabbing his paycheck off screen as he left. Uh, he comes in, gives Lance Storm a hug. That's Brent Hart on the show. Hey, Dakota Zankner. Brett screwed Brett. That's for Sorry, you, Dakota. Buddy. We know you're listening. That's true. Uh, yeah, I give it two and a half stars. Uh, like I said, didn't do too much for me. Um, but it was kind of fun. And kind of fun on this show is is fine by me. Yeah, um, yeah no kidding. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we have a backstage interview with Kevin Nash. Uh, he's thinking that he's not going to or that he's thinking that Goldberg's not going to show for the three-way match later between uh Steiner Nash which which and he's we, I don't think we mentioned he got in a motorcycle accident that's right so, so he doesn't think he's going to show because of his injuries Kevin Nash in this interview just seemed dazed and out of it and just over it drunk and it gets worse when the match comes but this was not a good look for Nash uh you could tell he just didn't care about what he was saying um so that was that. So I, I do. There is a couple things here because because I did pay, I did pay pretty close attention because uh, Nash is a booker at this time. I mean he's got creative control in his contract. He's booking a lot of these matches. So not all on you, Russo, but pretty freaking close. Um, Nash says, you know, there's two things I'm in it for: the money and the belt. And if there's anything that describes Kevin Nash as a wrestler. Like that, I mean, he he's talented, but that is him in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah that's him to a T. Kevin Nash. Sure. Kevin Nash is at this point, I think, just checked out. He's oh, of lazy. Course. You he can looks, tell. Yeah, he oh looks bad in he's the out of it. in the match when he comes up. But I have to say, Kevin Nash when he came back when TNA and was doing that X Division stuff. God, that was great. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I, that Kevin Nash I'm on board with. This Kevin Nash. Oh, and man. we'll get into it later in the match. But this Kevin Nash. No, and I not, do love a lot of iterations of him. But like at, at this point. He was uh, so out of yeah. it. Yeah, and then he also said, 
He also, once again, using uh, shoot terms, said, Tonight, I'm going over Steiner. Which, to me, I mean, maybe I read too much into it, but he's the booker at this time. He's basically implying, like, I'm making this finish. And uh, another thing that's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'll oh, I was going to say, go. this time period, Kevin Nash ruined him for a lot of people. Yeah. Because everybody loved NWO Kevin Nash. And then, like, we were talking about Impact Kevin Nash. People loved him there, too, because he was funny. Yeah. Like, he when he wasn't, like, in the main event and stuff, and he was uh, working with Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin and Austin... Austin Star, I remember, or that's Austin Aries before he was, yeah. when he was Austin Star. They did that thing with Bob Backlund where they were like chasing Bob Backlund around, <laughs> and he was like putting Alex Shelley in the crossface chicken wing and stuff. Uh-huh. God, that shit was great. And then uh, l- lastly, uh, one thing that there was a little blurb um, that was advertising, if you ordered the pay-per-view New Blood Rising, you will get a free Vampiro shirt. They are advertising this on the pay-per-view that they're advertising you order. That was pretty great. Like They're literally wanting you to buy a t-shirt for the show that you're watching if you order the show that you're watching. Everyone in WCW is checked out at this point. Nobody wants to be there. The announcers don't even seem oh, like they're doing a good just... job. The refs are over it. It's just it's, a shit it's show. It's sad, man. Yeah. Um, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny, though. I, I will admit. That, that got me going. Uh, up next... We had our second Chronic match of the evening, as well as our second tag team title match of the evening. Uh, this was Chronic versus the Dark Carnival, uh, the team of Vampiro and the Great Muda. The poor guy had to wrestle twice on this card. To be fair, I think he tagged in once just to mist, just to use the mist, and that was about on all he referee. did. On a referee. On a referee. We'll get into that. The ref bump. This is. I feel like this from now on is when the ref bumps start kind of getting out of control. This match sucks. This match is really bad. I know Vampiro can do better than this. I don't know too much about Chronic. They're seeming to be just big Haas guys doing big Haas stuff. You know, we, we yeah, said. Didn't mesh well. We said Kevin Nash might be drunk. We Vampiro said was Mike out. also might be drunk. But Vampiro was, was out of it. Yeah. He there was, out the, of it. the referee was literally having to tap vampiro to remind him to kick out when he was getting pinned this happened two or three times in this match that i noticed to where it looked like vampiro wasn't going to kick out but instead of counting three the ref would just hit vampiro who would then oh i'm kicking out this that was indicative of this entire match this was terrible this match with there was nothing i hardly wrote anything down for this match because it just wasn't interesting Nothing happened. There was one cool spot where Muda went for a uh, springboard in the corner, and Adams caught him and put him in a full Nelson, and then slammed him down. I thought that was so yeah, that was cool. a, that was a good spot. And then um, Muda did get to hit a moonsault in this match, which he tried to hit in the previous match he was in against uh, the Cat, but couldn't hit it. He actually hit it in this match. Um, yeah, he got the pin with it. Yeah, he got Watch the pin it. with it after after uh, uh, Muda went for the miss and got the ref, and then. Ron and Don Harris ran down and Here beat the DLA. shit out of Chronic. What's the deal with Chronic? They're like a weed tag team that doesn't look they like never a weed tag team? The, Yeah, they don't. Yeah, their finisher is a double chokeslam called High Times. I, and they're called Chronic. Their their gear has nothing to do with weed. I don't understand it. Again, one star. It's boring AF. Yeah, I gave this... I think I gave this 0.75. It's not good. It's, it's, it's just boring. It's just boring is the best way to describe this match. Uh... The, it happened again where the ref took the ref bump with the mist, and that's when the interference came while the ref was incapacitated in a no disqualification match. It just makes... I, I know we, we sound like a broken record by saying, like, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. But 
<laughs> it makes no damn sense. It makes no sense. It's 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 just stupid beyond belief. Um, th- this yeah, I think okay, uh, yeah, zero point seven five stars. Yeah, this match really did nothing for me at all. I, I don't think it would do anything for anyone. Uh, the, the only note I have is just what I thought during the whole match. Don't care. Yeah, and One I don't star. know why you, why you would. You did get new tag team champs, so if you're big fans of the Dark Carnival, you got that going for you. There was a pretty good juggalo <laughs> party after this match, Ugh. though. There were some juggalos in the front row, and the Dark Carnival went to have a little uh, juggalo celebration with them. So that's... Juggalo homies. That Jesus. You know what? First time ever for Big Boys and Body Slams. I'm changing my star rating on that match to a 1. Good for you, man. For the juggalo party. Good this, for you. It's sad to see Muda in this. It, yeah. it, it is. Yeah. I thought that in their one-on-one match, but here, like seeing him, like you know, the poor guy has no idea who ICP even is. Like it, he's just trotting out there because he's getting a paycheck, and he. And I mean, even at this point, he's he's pretty old, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's getting up there. Yeah. This yeah, this was bad. Um, Very bad. After that, we had a backstage interview with Booker T. Um, Can you dig it? Sucker! Can you dig it? King Booker. He yes, said uh, yes. at one point in this match, he said, "Don't hate the player, hate the damn game." Which oh, again, no. nice call forward to WrestleMania 19 when he and I indeed did hate the damn game for his treatment of Booker T. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Um, and after that, we get the uh, the three way man match, or what is it? What were they calling it? The three way dance for uh, the number one contender for the number one contendership to the world title. Out comes Kevin Nash, and. I was holding out hope that maybe Nash would be in good shape for this match, but the second I saw him come out on that entrance ramp, oh boy, I knew this was going to be a long one for Nash because he is stumbling, his hair's in his face, he's out of shape, he's mumbling on his way to the ring. He looked terrible. Yeah, his eyes are glazed over. He man. looked so bad. You know who didn't look bad? Big Papa Pump. Holla if you hear me. Scott Steiner comes out. He's he he did look pretty in, uh, uninterested though. To be fair, he looked good though. At least he's been working he out, fun, working something out. Because uh, I mean, Kevin Nash's man boobs were in between yeah. Miss Hancock and Bret Hart in this show. I said something during this match that I think current day Undertaker might be in equal shape to Kevin Nash and this period from this show. Brutal. Uh, it was bad. Um, so Steiner comes out to the ring. Goldberg's music hits once. Nothing. Nothing. Goldberg's music hits twice. Nothing. Nada. Nothing. So they start this off as a singles match. Um, man, nothing really happened. It was kind of slow. There was a nice big boot by Nash. Nash is just stumbling around the ring. I can't stress enough how bad he looked. He's stumbling around. He's getting out of the ring. He took his straps off at one point. You could just see him flopping. And, and I'm, not in, <laughs> I'm not like a guy who's in good shape, but this guy's a professional athlete, and he's just... Flopping. Really having a hard time. Goldberg does make his way out. He grabs a chair, gives some weak chair shots to both guys, gets the back weakest. in the ring. Uh, Nash gets the heat on him for a while. Nash goes for it, gets him in the jackknife position. Uh, he's, he's kind of facing, um, like, uh, not, not the entrance ramp, but the other way. He goes to turn to face the entrance ramp to deliver the jackknife. Goldberg gets out of it, shoves him, and leaves. And I'm not saying he leaves to catch his breath outside of the ring. No, Goldberg... Is pissed. Leaves. Vince Russo comes out. Uh, Goldberg yells at him uh, in a not so polite way that he's not going to come out. He heads to the back, and that is the last you'll see of Goldberg in this show. Well, Russo actually says, "Get back in the ring. Yeah. Get your ass back in there. Get your ass back in there." Said Goldberg says, "Fuck you." And so, leaves. I mean, Goldberg saying the Russo, what we all want to say. Yeah. So Goldberg leaves. That is, <laughs> yeah, 
shit. That's the last time you'll see Goldberg in this match. Um, I gotta say this. I mean, we keep shouting out the guys just in case they're listening. But Vince, if you're listening to this, just don't. And Please. also stop. Just stop. Just go away. This 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 man. And they tried playing it off as a as a as a shoot. I think it was a work. I think it was a work shoot. I kind of think Goldberg was actually pissed. I mean, I'm sure he was at this point. He, Dude, you never, you don't even, you just don't know. You don't know at this point what's real and what's. Yeah. I mean, they try putting it over as like this is real. This isn't a part of the match, but it, I. Uh, no, and they said they they literally said the announcers literally said that now and and finish. You know, once again, a, a, a wrestler term that isn't used in broad in the announcing. Say, oh well, now they have to figure out a new finish. Yeah. Now they have to improvise, and then they said, "Well, Nash is professional as always." You know, Nash put that line in there himself, by the way. What? Well, professional and, as always. And Goldberg leaves, and the star power of Madaja. What's her name? Madaja. Oh, Madaja comes out. Sorry, Madaja comes out after who was apparently with Steiner. Yep. Yep. At this point, and she comes in. She just starts. She kicks Steiner in the dick. Steiner goes no, no, down. No, no, kill, kicks, kicks Nash uh, in the dick. Go, I'm sorry. Go. Nash goes down. Nash gets up. Nash kicks Steiner in the dick. Nash goes down. Madeja takes a chair. She hits Nash in the dick with the with the. No, she doesn't. She elbow she drops, elbow him, drops him, in him in the dick. Yeah. And there's dick trauma left and right at the end of this match. <laughs> then Nash actually hit a pretty good DDT on Steiner towards Spike, the end of the match. Yeah. Dude folded yeah, it was, him. It was a great DDT. It was yeah, uh, it looked brutal. Best spot of the match. And I'm not being facetious. That was the best part of the match. Um, and then kind of unceremoniously, Madeja just kind of gets out of the ring, and then. Uh, yeah, you're right. She just stops. Nash hits the jackknife and wins. I will say I do love me, uh, you know, if there's a list of top power bombs, I do love me a jackknife because he gets him up there and, you know, with a, he literally just freaking drops him. Like, they just fall off of his it's shoulders. Awesome. It, it is pretty cool. Um, I give that match 0.75. It was very clear to me um, that none of these three people wanted to be in this match. And... It was also very clear to me that uh, Kevin Nash in particular was under the influence of something. Bro, and I, I could be blame wrong. Him. I don't even blame him at this point. It seems like half the people in this show are drunk, and you kind of have to be to put up with this garbage. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand. I uh, wish I would have been. I, I give it a 1.5 stars. I give it 0.75. I really thought I'm, it, it I'm, was You're sad. a Steiner mark. I'm a Steiner mark. Yeah. I'm a Goldberg mark, and I like Nash. I mean, but you're a Goldberg mark, but he's in the match for like a minute. Yeah, but I mean, Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, holler if you hear me, Zach. Are you are you a freak like me? I'm one of his freaks. Um, how how's your math? Oh, my math, God, that Steiner promo was the greatest thing in the world. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, I gave it zero point seven five. How how about you, Luke? What did you think? I gave it one star. Uh, but I'm curious. Uh, do you think do you think the Scott Steiner did steroids? No. He was totally clean. He's all natural. He did so many sit-ups. See, that's, that's what I was thinking. So many sit-ups. More than Jordan Kelly. He looked like he was made out of mashed potatoes at this point. <laughs> just, just lumps on just lumps. lumps on oh top of lumps. Uh, yeah, if you want to see a match where... And it's, I could almost recommend this match just to see what it's like from a psychology standpoint to see people who don't care about their jobs anymore. I was going to say it's, it's where you can see three Hall of Famers give up yeah. it's kind of fascinating yeah. in that way because you could totally see it in their eyes and their body language that this was they knew where it was going and they knew what they were doing i mean we've all had jobs with bosses that we hate and you can tell that these guys hate their bosses they don't yeah. want to be there they they don't 
care. They want to go home. They just want their paycheck and they want to go get drunk. Except and for Nash, dudes, who wants to get more drunk. <laughs> and these dudes are getting paid. I mean, they're all guaranteed contracts. These dudes are getting paid hefty salaries. So, I mean, that's the that's literally the only thing that's keeping them in it. And you know it's bad when they're getting paid this and they still can't invest at all. And like we said at the beginning of the show, Hogan's gone, Savage's gone, Piper's gone, DDP's gone. It's so a these shell, guys yeah. are at the top. Yeah, for sure. And it, yeah. it, it's a shell of its former self. I mean, Sting's doing 30-second matches. At least he's in the there. mid card. In yeah. the mid card. I mean, behind Jarrett and Booker T, these are your big stars. I mean, even ahead of those guys, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Jarrett and Booker T, we've made it to the main event. It is Double J versus Booker T, who is the champion for the World Heavyweight Championship. They already, to their credit, a decent video package before this. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't great, but it, it was a video package. They had something. Um, they saved their production dollars for the two co-mains. Yes. Sure. Oh, well, that and Michael Buffer, who was there to announce the uh, as the ring announcer for this match. I gotta say though, Booker looks good. Oh yeah, dude. Booker, this is oh my yes. god, Booker, Booker. Booker looks great. Yeah. I can see why during that invasion time he was the pinnacle guy. Like he was the main guy. Before yeah, for WBF sure. Buried I get him. it. Yeah. I get it. Um, they buried him, but then he ended up winning the title later on down the road. So yeah, no, but, I yeah. mean it wasn't a total burial. Um. Yeah, so this match happened. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. So the whole story of this match, obviously, is Booker has this knee injury, and he comes out in this big knee brace. He can he can hardly walk out to the ring. The match starts. Jarrett's working over the leg. Suddenly, magically, Booker goes on an offensive run. His leg's fine for about three, five, three to five minutes until Jarrett starts working over the leg again. If you're somebody who likes watching a match where... Uh, a wrestler is just working over his opponent's uh, injured body yeah, methodically, part. Methodically, yeah. This is the match for you because yeah. I'd say maybe ninety percent of this match, eighty percent of this match is Jarrett working over Booker's bad leg. Um, he's he did actually have one kind of cool spot that I wanted to mention where he had him, uh, he had Booker in the in the corner, got outside of the ring and hit Booker's leg with a chair against the post, which is a spot you see done frequently now. Uh, but it was pretty effective. Like Booker's selling here was great. He kept saying shit, and the and the microphone kept picking it up. So that was pretty funny. Um, uh, Booker's selling. He limped to the ring from. So he limped to the ring from the ramp, and then all of a sudden, the moment he got into the ring, like he was flying around. Yeah, like, his, his selling was good. After like once Jarrett really started working on the yeah, leg, yeah. But yeah, the whole beginning of the match was suddenly like I feel better all of a sudden. Which maybe you could argue kayfabe like it's his adrenaline rush. Maybe I mean I guess you could make that argument. There was a sweet guitar shot to Booker's leg. That's true. Booker, the Booker gimmick guitar exploded on Booker's. Yeah, leg. it was awesome. A lot of ref bumps again. Yeah, and then the the story of this match to me, this was a decent match until we got towards the end when the 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 poison touch of Russo was all over it. So we get a ref bump. I don't even remember what the ref the first one was. Wasn't it point. slick or whatever? Slick Johnson. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. He, oh boy, Slick Johnson. He got the, the Christopher hit. Daniels look alike. He got hit. Oh, that's what this is what it was. Yeah. Booker hits his scissor kick, goes for the spinneroonie, and as he's finishing his spinneroonie, he backhands the ref who's out after this so he can't get the pinfall and then they go outside Jarrett has the title runs at Booker this was a little bit later runs at Booker and then the ref takes another shot with the title so he's down that's a problem so we get another ref who comes out a pale ginger haired yes 18 year old looking ref so ref number th- ref yeah uh, he comes out he gets taken out I don't even remember how he got taken with out with a chair with a chair so he's taken out and then Jarrett hits the stroke onto that said chair but he had just knocked out the referee 
so no one's counting. And a third ref comes out. Also, he he missed that. That was a terribly botched stroke, by the way, because he missed that chair about a mile and a half. Uh, so, yeah. So then here comes Charles Robinson to save the day. Um, Lil Nate. Thankfully, there's no other... Uh, there was uh, no other no other ref bumps in the match. Um, eventually ends. Booker hits the near fall, gets the win, retains the title. One star. This the bookend, baby. The ref bumps in this match were out of freaking control, man. The, it's so this could have been a decent match had they kept going with that first half mentality of of just like Jarrett being the methodical heel and working over the body part and and, and Booker T as a believable underdog kind of overcoming the injury and overcoming the odds to win the title that would have been a very good story and I think a pretty decent way to end the show instead of that we got ref bump after ref bump after ref bump after ref bump and it just it, it, they had a, such an easy story to tell. Oh, yeah. And they oh, messed yeah. it up. Well, it even starts... Michael Buffer, you know, he, he's getting his let's get ready to rumble. He's literally getting paid. I can't remember what the figure was. I could It's have, a lot. I could have swore it was either half a million, like a show, or something stupid like that, to come out for the main event, do one minute of announcing, the same thing he always does, let's get ready to rumble. And he, he is... Even he is half-assing it here. Even he is half-assing it. And then, you know, you, you go to Booker T limping to the ring and you know prime booker t looks fantastic but i need to hit him up and find out what freaking miracle drug he used as soon as he hit the ring so that he just didn't hurt anymore and all of a sudden he was fine and then hit 50 freaking kicks and then got his knee hurt and then started limping and you're right that first so the first ref bump especially where he hits the spin rooney and then like doesn't he he doesn't like swing his arm back he like just gently takes it back backhands slick who is a buff referee number one slick you. johnson fan over that's here, right slick johnson baby friend of the podcast friend of the podcast <laughs> but he he's he's a big dude and he just gets barely swiped by a backhand and he's out it was awful and he was he was the same ref who took the the title bump too right with the, with the oh yeah oh side. yeah poor slick had it rough in this i feel yeah. like he officiated like over half the matches on oh this definitely card. well because the red-haired ref that came in in this match. I'm pretty sure I only saw him during the ladder match yeah. once. Yeah. And he was yeah. outside the whole time. And, and then Charles Robinson. So there's like three refs on this like show and almost every match is refereed by Slick. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah, they, again, I can't stress enough how easy of a story was this to tell. It was an easy, it was an underdog story. And those are, quite frankly the hardest stories in not professional wrestling those are the hardest stories in entertainment and media in general to screw up and they really screwed it up oh they did it all they had to do was just keep it simple have booker with with his knee injury and have him overcome the odds after Jarrett works over the knee he gets the win he's a hero he's more over at the end of the day than he was at the beginning but instead we, we get ref bumps yeah, I, I end up giving it two stars. Uh, the one thing, and Shivani, Tony Shivani, I've been following along with him this whole time, and I've been relating to him, and he just ends it. It's not like a big excitement. It's just a, oh my god, <laughs> as if as if it's just like, as a whole, that was the last thing he said going out of, out of the pay per view. Oh my god, as if it's like the most relieved yet depressed tone you ever heard. Just like this whole thing. I just got through that pay-per-view, and what a shit show. It, it really was. Two stars. Yeah. This show stars. sucked. It was, I can, 
the reason why we picked it was because it was so bad. Yeah. We'd read it so bad. Me and Luke have watched this show before. Um, we got a little distracted halfway through. We got a little distracted with Chael Sonnen so. beating Vanderlei Silva's ass on pay-per-view that night. And Number one Chael Sonnen fan. I am a Chael Sonnen fan. I'm a big Mark Chael. But friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> so, so we uh, we watched the show before, and I don't remember it being this bad. I remember it being bad, but not this bad. And I'm like watching the show, and I'm like, you motherfuckers, you all suck. <laughs> Booker T, yes, yes. The entirety of the rest of the pay-per-view. No, no. Terrible. Minus a thousand stars for this whole freaking show. The worst wrestling show I've ever seen. Don't watch it. I mean... No, no. watch it just so you know what the, what the uh, lowest of the low yeah. is. How any, bad it any, could be. I think any wrestling fan should watch this one time. Uh, just to see. It's like a train wreck, right? Like You, you see it, but you can't, you can't look away. I, I was never... Oh, I shouldn't say I was never. Uh, that Vampiro tag team title match was pretty boring. But I was seldom bored during this show. I don't think I was bored at all, really, because it was just so bad. I was yeah. laughing. It, it's yeah. just it keeps yeah. you watching because it's so it's so but unintentionally I will say, bad. I will say after that Lance Storm match, I felt pretty exhausted. Like I felt I yeah. felt kind of burnt with it. It's just you. You, there's too much going on. Yeah, there's it's too much so to pay hard attention to, to. especially there's when you're trying to keep so notes. much crap happening. And like we said, man. These, I mean, this card, yeah, it was kind of bad, but, I mean, no, it was terrible, sorry, but if you take away the gimmicks out of all of this, that's not a half bad Yeah, if you just have this be a, it's a, not. a plain, normal wrestling show, it's not going to get an A or a B, it might get a C, but I'm giving this show in its current form an F, and, and a resounding, in bold, red marker, the biggest, largest, loudest F I can give it, because it was a failure and to see, to it's kind of sad on, on both fronts. To see the performers who care, it's sad for them because they're having to act out these these terrible feuds, these terrible storylines, these terrible gimmicks. And then for the performers that don't care, it's it's sad for them because that's they they've gotten to a point in their careers where they don't they don't care how they look on TV in front of hundreds of thousands of people. It's sad. It's WCW was great for a while. Oh yeah, of like, course. The NWO times. Yeah. Uh, even Goldberg when he first came up, DDP Sting. You had a lot of cool stuff going. Even on. Even 1999 had some pretty decent stuff, but man, this got bad. Even even the guys like Nash, Goldberg, Steiner, Booker, Jared, Sting, they couldn't pull this one out. No, there was a lot of talented wrestlers on the card, but it, just no one gave a shit. Yeah, I mean, how many times in the show did we say, well, I like this guy, and I, I like this guy, but this didn't do it for me. I mean, that was kind of a theme of everything. It just... Yeah, I mean, you go back, and Lance Storm, Mike yeah. Awesome, Shane Douglas, Billy Kidman, uh, Hurricane Helms, Shannon Moore. Rey Mysterio was Rey on the card, Mysterio, technically. You, I like Chuck Palumbo. There's just a bunch of really oh, good wrestlers. so many talented And it people. was just terrible. It was just terrible. Everything was bad. It it feels to me. I shouldn't say it feels to me. I I can under I can almost like understand where people like that contingent were coming from that said that uh, Russo was a WWF plant in WCW to like purposely. <laughs> say, have you heard that? That's like a conspiracy no, theory. But the, I mean, and I can yeah. almost buy it when I watch a show like this because it takes effort to produce something this bad you can cash it in you can completely autopilot all of your storylines and just put together a card 
of just random dudes and random ladies and and it would be a better show than this it takes effort to produce such a bad show well and that's the thing too is that he made some matches where it was like okay okay all right okay and then all of a sudden just a giant flaming pile of freaking feces ruins it all like it's oh god but as bad as this show is yeah next week we got a good one yeah what are we doing next week, Kyle? Tell we're, the people. Huh? We're gonna do the second ECW One Night Stand. Yes, this is the one with um, RVD RVD's and Cena for the WWE R- title. Yes, and yes, we know the first one is great, and we want to eventually. And get we're, to it. we want to do it eventually. Yeah, yeah. But I think that the RVD title win is worth it all, all alone. Also on the card, you got a six-man tag match. Well, intergender with Foley turning heel, teaming with Edge and Lita against Tommy Dreamer. Terry Funk and Beulah. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Sabu um, and Rey Mysterio also on the card. Yep, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun, a fun, a fun one to watch after this not fun show. Uh, so I guess that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to support us right now, the best way to do so is uh, bigboysbodyslams.storeenvy.com. Go ahead and buy yourself a t-shirt. I'm probably going to guess by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably have three shirts up because I'm going to design a friend of the podcast shirt tonight. It should be on the store soon. Yes, my dude. <laughs> hey, and again, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the likes, the follows, everything. Keep it up. Keep letting us enjoy what we're doing we're having a lot of fun and we hope you guys are liking it too and new blood good, rising bad, sucks yeah good bad everything we want we want feedback we we need some reviews i said new blood new blood rising sucks oh for a minute i thought you said lump biscuit sucks and we know that's not true he gave no. i was wondering what that look was no, about dude, he was you so gave me, deeply you gave me murder, oh, you gave I, me murder love. i i felt cheated on for a second man anyways thank you so much for listening like uh, i'm i'm blown away at the support we've had early let's keep it going share with your friends Uh, Let us know some feedback, suggest a show, and we will have more for you soon. All right. Big boys and body slams, baby.